bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 32. And man, we're glad to be back for another episode and another week. It has been a long time since we have uh, done a podcast over two months and we are bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these episodes already and the great positive feedback from these from you guys, the listeners, has been phenomenal. If you have still need if you still need to check out any past episodes do yourselves a favor and check them out after this one which is now available everywhere and anywhere you get your podcasts apple spotify amazon music youtube pandora listen notes google podcasts and many more to choose from to listen to past episodes with awesome guests and it is fantastic to see the support from the local community and even outside the local community support in the sport of motocross. We are a part of an awesome sport, and I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in to this week's episode here on the Imperative MX Podcast for another episode. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing, all the way to professional, and of course, everything in between. With that, there are a good amount of talking points to chat about within this episode. First, We will get into what has been happening behind the scenes here at Imperative MX the last two months since we've actually been on uh, the podcast, what the plans are moving forward since uh, we have been radio silent, like I said, the last two months. And we will get into the Southeast motocross scene with operational changes to the NCMX series, Victory Sports, District 13, MAMA, and SEMA MX series schedules, and much more. Then we will have a call in from our writer over on imperativemx.com doing the professional side. It's 20-year-old Trey Steyer from West Virginia University to speak on the professional side, of course, with now two rounds complete in the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship and the second uh, running of that Super Motocross World Championship. I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of arena cross as well. And we will definitely speak about that mutter from this past weekend in San Francisco and much, much more. Make sure to check us out by searching Imperative MX on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Threads, and TikTok if you have not already done so. And thank you guys so much for supporting us on all of our social media platforms as we continue to grow. Before we talk any further, we have to say thank you to the sponsors on board here on the Imperative MX podcast. And we have some changes, so uh, don't don't get too worried. We're going to have plenty more awesome sponsors here in 2024. West Virginia Motorsports, Silver Valley MX Park, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Total Control Racing Suspension, and PR Motorsports. We will get more into each of these awesome companies behind us here in just a bit. Don't forget to check out imperativemx.com when you get a chance. Many new things are happening on the website right now as we speak. So go and check those out and check out the imperativemx.com. Click on the sponsor link at the top. It will send you to all of our awesome sponsors and uh, could help you save a little bit of money. So 
Uh, go and check out the website at imperativemx.com. And remember to support the ones that support the sport, like these awesome companies helping us out to bring you these podcasts, helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast, the highly likable, knowledgeable, and of course, your District 29-2011 C-Class champion, its co-host, Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? What is up, bro? Man, we are we are back. It has been two months, and that is completely, uh, obviously, my fault, but we're going to get into it, Heavy D. But how are you doing on your end? Oh, dude, I am living lavish and loving it. How you doing over there? How's everything going? Well, let's talk. Let's talk. Hey, man, it is uh, awesome. Of course, uh, if you guys have not seen on my personal Facebook or Instagram, uh, myself and Nicole have moved our entire life down here to North Carolina in the Greensboro area. And I tell you what, we are uh, happy to be North Cackalackans now. Oh, you see, you, you done started off right. North Cackalackan. Hey, I thought I was going to get the North Carolinians, but you know it's official when you hit the North Cackalackan. Hey, you know that we're here in the deep south, you know? So, um, no, man, I grew up here racing and, of course, with Imperative MX and everything that's happening and um, uh, just easier to get to races and also for uh, just job careers and job opportunities, not only for myself, but for Nicole, my girlfriend. Also, I mean, it was just a uh, switch that needed to happen and it was a very wild two months to put everything together, get our uh, small, tiny house all packed up in a U-Haul, and uh, the next day we were driving here and uh, getting into our new house. So, um, man, it's honestly awesome, and it's crazy that we're here. And I, honestly, before we went live, Heavy D, I was telling you that it's wild that those two months have gone so fast like that, you know? Like, it's like, okay, you know, push the gas, push the gas, push the gas, and then now we're kind of on the deceleration part of this uh move and this transition so it's uh awesome uh to be here and of course heavy d we got to get you in the studio we got a studio now at the house oh dude you know what's happening you know we're pulling up we're pulling up i mean it's funny we talked about this so much and like it's crazy like you know i know i know we haven't been on it like two months but i mean think about how much longer the process has actually been and, you know, you still been like grinding it out. So we could do some podcasts, you know? Yeah. And also just trying to keep up with the website and, uh, you know, other jaw, uh, other tasks at hand. I was training kids and, you know, doing all that plus coming home and, uh, doing a bunch of the back end stuff. So we make sure that we have this house. And, uh, of course, Nicole accepted her job. So we had to make sure that we were down here before today. Today was her big day um of going to her first job and she absolutely loved it loved the people that she's working with so i think it's a great fit uh for her and uh, no issues there for her and uh yeah man it's it's honestly awesome just to uh just to be here in uh like i said the north cackalackan state man the heck yeah dude it's this is shit that y'all actually like in north carolina now i know it's a i know it's it's a big change especially when you know I know you raced and stayed out here a lot over the summer, but, you know, growing up in Virginia and then, you know, you know, up, uprooting your whole life to another state and away from family, you know, it's, it's different, but I mean, as long as y'all, y'all happy, it seems like y'all are and you're loving it and, you know, you know, taking another step 
form period of and everything is I think it'll be sick. Yeah, I uh, completely agree 100% with you, Heavy D. And, uh, man, I'm just glad to be back um, and start talking some dirt bikes, man. It's been a little bit since we've uh, talked some dirt bikes, so I'm super, super excited, and I hope the listeners are as well. I'm sure they are. Um, First thing, uh, first, West Virginia Motorsports. If you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a new or pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike, ATV, scooter, or anything motorized in that matter, stop by Princeton, West Virginia, or at their brand new location in Withville, Virginia, called Virginia Motorsports. Don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or at the Withville, Virginia location, Virginia Motorsports. Uh, alongside walking out that door with that brand new ride and don't forget to get those oil and air filters on your way out and don't catch them on fire like heavy d once did right i'm not even gonna lie to you. it's been two months i was like okay sit here thinking maybe he'll forget about the air filters nope, nope. never gonna be forgotten <laughs> no it's right here on the sheet for the ad read for west virginia motorsports it's right there at the end you can't miss it i will say that i did say it completely different. hey i I'm not even going to hold you. Uh, when we were talking about the moving situation and how usually you'll forget something, I thought that was one of the things you was probably going to forget and make it lost. <laughs> you thought I left it in, in, in Roanoke, huh? You thought I didn't yeah. tag it along. No, nah, man, I made sure to pack that thing in my backpack and pull it right out when I got everything <laughs> uh, set up here in the studio. No, man, but hey, let's get into some local motocross racing. Um races uh that are coming up of course there was a bunch of changes uh operational wise with new um individuals in the ncmx series i just put out a brand new 2024 series schedule uh combination uh where i mixed all of the ncmx uh, mama series district 13 sema and uh, Victory Sports all together uh, to make a calendar easier and um, more accessible uh, for people. And um, yeah, it was. it's good that I put that up because I think that a lot of people will really enjoy that throughout the year and uh, will keep that uh, in the back of their mind for sure. The, the ultimate 2024 southeast racing series calendar i just put up today so yeah i'm sorry i like dude it looked like he's about to off the top rope it but back to back to back to local motocrossing sorry yep. yeah the, the the calendar that's perfect i mean it's funny like i never would have thought anything like that it's like even when i'm looking at races you know i'm usually at a pretty good amount on this this end and even when i'm looking to see when this other race is going on it's, it's like, dang, I'm hopping from page to page. You literally made that. And it's like every race is happening on each date at each place. I was like, dude, that's pretty sick. Now people like know, like, okay, this race is happening, this race is happening, this race is happening. Yeah. And, and uh, it will also help me out, too, for the pod, right, so that I can make sure that um, I don't miss, min- miss any races that are coming up to uh, let you listeners in on. And um, it just really helps because. I think that a lot of people are looking at social media and trying to go back through their photos to go back to the schedule list that came out, you know, obviously in late 2023 or the NCMX series that just, just dropped. Right. So unless they mm-hmm. unless they print them out and they have them handy, um, it could be a little bit of a 
hassle. So trying to keep that one um, screenshot of the or save the photo from the Facebook post will definitely help help out and help you riders out uh, to figure out which series and races are going on for each and every weekend that I saw that was uh, that was races and that were on the schedule. So I think everybody will um, be keen to that for sure. Oh, uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, it's, uh, I think people are really, I mean, going to dig it just because, you know, they can, it's one of those things like instead of having to search every different place, you can kind of look on that schedule and be like, all right, like, what do I want to go race? And also you, you can, I think people will honestly get together with other riders and families as well to be like, Hey, we should, well, how about we go here? You know, it, it may be a good amount of people here and, well, maybe a good amount of people here. What do you think we all should go this weekend? So right. I think that was like solid on your side, dude, 100%. Like you really came off the hip with that one. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, like I said, I was just thinking earlier and I was trying to plan for my year as well um, and wanted to get all of the races together. And I was like, why don't I just combine them and make a little cheat sheet out of it, like a cheat calendar, right? So, um, yeah, I think I think – that it is that's good that I got it out there for everybody to use and um, make sure that nobody misses any races or for the series, right? Because there's multiple series that are happening at these races. So you want to make sure that um, you get to the right amount of events for you to qualify for the in, the year-end banquet, right? So you're able to go through and be like, hey, you know, this race is here, but we can skip one. Uh, you know, whatever the case may be. So I think that that will um, really, really help out and uh, appreciate you helping me out too. I, I needed some, I had some questions for you and you were able to help me out. So um, that's awesome on, on our end and uh, NCMX heavy D. I mean, there is a, there's a big operational change. Um, I just did a organizational change for the NCMX series ahead of the 2024 season up on imperativemx.com. And you guys can check out the interview I had with the brand new operations individual, Shane Grimsley. Uh, he's the owner of Liquid Skins uh, Design and Tag MX. You guys would normally see their trailer at the local NCMX races, of course. And the other individual is Joseph Sawyer. He's been an AMA referee at a couple of these races. He's been around for a really long time. Both him and Shane have. And yeah, we have both of them now uh, also uh, Joseph is the owner of West Craven MX as well. So I didn't want to forget that on his end. But I think this year is obviously going to be different, new format, new changes. So there's a lot of changes that are happening to this NCMX series. And uh, from what you've seen, Heavy D, is this a step in the right direction? Yeah, you know, I, I think it is. I mean, the thing is, you look at it, it's... It's always good to have, you know, a fresh set of hands and minds at a task at hand, you know. And what what I like as well, you know, I know it. it I said when I seen it, I was like, I oh, maybe do some discrepancy, but I like it how they cut the classes, cut a lot of classes. Yep. To get a, a fuller gates because, man, it's that, that's the thing. Like you know, a lot of people they want they they always say, well. It ain't no competition. There's not enough people on the gate. Well, I mean, it's. I think 
they they took care of that because they they cut the classes down heavily. And I mean, honestly, I like it. You know, especially this day and time with you know a lot of the kids and families wanting to get their kids to the next level or let them try to race at that next level. You know, the amateur national level and to get there, I mean, you to get accustomed to it, you definitely want to get accustomed to racing with more kids because I've seen a lot of kids, you know, I mean, race locally with four or five kids on the gate and they, you know, smoke them week in and week out. And, oh, they think they do something. And then it's like, all right, we're going to an area qualifier. And then they get smoked and it's like, okay, like maybe we – we weren't as good as we thought we were at the time, you know? Right. So, I mean, I, I think it's good. And hopefully a lot, you know, they get a lot more riders on the gates. Yeah, I do believe that they will get plenty of riders now on the gate. And especially with um, it's awesome to see the D13 and NCMX series come together and the Mama series come together and the Victory Sports is in with D13 and some others. So it's really cool to see. We've been hounding on it all year last year, Heavy D. Like, we need to get these series to come together and start talking and communicating, and it seemed like it worked, Heavy D. I mean, looking on that schedule, there was only maybe four weekends out of the year where there's, um, let's say, three or more on a weekend. But other than mm-hmm. that, there's a majority two and one. So, um or that these these series and and tracks are far enough uh, away from each other that this track you know up here can have plenty of riders and the track down here can have plenty of riders because there's nothing else going on in those areas and those are kind of the big races uh to go through and before i say anything else i will be putting up an outlaw series schedule um so i'm gonna need to get with heavy d because i only know maybe one or two outlaw series that are around here so we'll definitely uh have to get together and uh do that but one will be coming in the uh um in the future. Uh, so for all of you outlaw series racers, uh, we'll have something to look at too. Um, that will be another probably six hour day trying to, trying to get all of those schedules down pat, but Hey, if it helps everybody throughout the year, those six hours, it don't, it don't really mean nothing. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just super excited that, um, it seems like a lot of the things that we were harping on last year are now getting fixed. And even with the, less classes and longer motos. I mean, I put we put up on the forum on imperativemx.com asking, what do you guys want to see? Like, changes-wise, what would make you guys excited leaving the track? And a majority of it was exactly that. They listened uh, to the riders and to the parents and um, the people that are involved, right? So I feel like it is a step in the right direction. Well, you think about it, that right there, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand like a lot of these tracks and uh, promoters when they do it. I mean, they don't want to do it for free. They want to make money. I get that. I mean, you, you got to make money to keep it going. But also at the same time, you got to look at it. It's like, and what I like about how they done it is they cut the classes. But a lot of them, that you're in a race all day, and you ain't there all day because you're racing all day. Most of the time, you, you know, you kind of sitting and waiting and and most of the people they're not exhausted from riding they're just exhausted from being there throughout the day and waiting around like a lot of these guys they want to they want to come out there and put in 
race motos like they're going to practice. Like, you know, right. they spend, you know, you spend more, more money to go race than you do practice. But I mean, Hey, if you spend more money, you, you kind of want more track time. I, I get that, you know? Yep. So, I mean, I think it'll be good and it'll be even more awesome. You know, get more riders on the gate. It, it makes it way better for racing and it's a step in the right direction. I feel like if it goes how I think it will, I feel like a lot of the other series will change the way and actually revert to less classes and more track time. And then that'll be another step in the right direction for more of these series to work with each other. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think that that just comes with just every series talking with each other and going over, you know, um, yearly analytics uh, as far as, you know, rider entries and, that sort of thing, I think that that will go a really long way. Just, you know, like with them just coming together and being able to combine a lot of these series races, I think that that is a really, really big key thing uh, to take away, if anything, from the calendar is just how much a lot of these series have uh, come together uh, to be able to make these races happen so that we can get fuller gates, right? That's what That's what we want. Um, is to have fuller gates. So if we can combine two race series into one weekend, I mean, that's going to be a hell of a, a, a racing day, you know? So, um, absolutely. So, no, man, that's, uh, that's honestly awesome. Uh, new track coming to uh, each series. So, like, Muddy Creek is going to go to Chili Town. Um, I, I don't know if they went last year, but I want to say this may be their first year going. Uh, I don't. No, but they're definitely going up there to Ohio. I want to say maybe they did last year. Do you remember Heavy D? Who Muddy Creek? Yeah, yeah. Did did Victory Sports go up to Chili Town last year? Ah, uh, I don't think so. Is it? What is it? Is this for a qualifier weekend? No, it's just it's oh. just a. Uh, it's just it. I'll uh, I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure that it is just a. Uh, uh, it's a Saturday practice Sunday race, September 31st and, uh, or I'm sorry, August 31st and September 1st. Oh, dang. Yeah. No, they, I don't think they did last year. I could be wrong. Exactly. So, um, that series has some new ones. Also the mama series has some, uh, new tracks that they're going to NCMX farm 40, or also known as moto 40 is coming back. Uh, I've been in talks with, Mr. Michael Mitchell, trying to get some information on that. And I will be heading uh, down, I guess, to Statesville here in uh, the next week or two to get a little bit more info for everybody and uh, try and figure out if we can start practices back up and kind of get that track back rolling again, man. It was a real big staple over there towards that uh, Charlotte area. So I'm going to try and get all the info I can when I am uh, down there to check the track out and talk with Michael and, and that sort of thing. So. Um, a lot of these tracks obviously have, uh, or a lot of these series have different tracks that they are going to, um, even at the district 13 mama NCMX victory sports. So I think that is, uh, a good, um, diverse, uh, track, uh, tracks for the year for everybody to go to some different places. Oh, a hundred percent, you know, hundred percent, you know, um, Oh, that place is actually, it's so sick, you know, and I know they've been having a lot of stuff go on, like, they got other stuff going on, it's hard to open it, you know, working a regular job and running a business, but 
Dude, I'm I think it'll be sick. People will love it. And honestly, it'll that place is gonna be packed for that race. I can assure you that. Because oh, the central location is literally right off forty. Like you can see like the water trucks and stuff on like from the highway. Yep. And that one, that's gonna be I can assure you, when that one comes, everybody's gonna be like, go to forty, go to forty, go to forty. It's gonna be back. Go to forty. And they aren't afraid to let that track get sick, like nasty ruts, like rough, like dude. When I went and worked on it and I like actually got underneath the dirt and got like the paper and stuff, dude, the dirt is so phenomenal. I mean, it is just unreal. And they've been adding more like sawdust and stuff to it, you know, just to keep it good and keep it loose. That way when it's time to like actually break that john in they can get it going yep. oh i can't wait for that one. Oh, it's gonna be a good one for sure i will definitely make sure to be out there for that one as long as i have nothing else but i mean honestly like even with um all of the different tracks moto 40 is one that a lot a lot of people love to go to including myself i mean that place was so sick back in the day right so uh, it's good that they made it back onto the series schedule. Uh, what's been happening down there, down uh, down on the other side of Charlotte? What's been happening at some of those tracks down there, Heavy D? Let us know. <laughs> I mean, one, let's see, Cavies is just, I was there today just because we, we based out of there a pretty good bit for like our trucks and a lot of our equipment, you know? Yep. And uh, actually, we're working there tomorrow. We got to plant trees. It ain't track work, but it's planting trees. When well, no, I don't know why we plant trees. <laughs> but, I mean, in, um, the, in the dead with winter, in the dead of winter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was fourteen but, degrees this morning, heavy D in Greensboro. I thought moving out of Roanoke would have got me out of the cold. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we gotta put some more pipe in, and honestly, I don't know what we're gonna do track wise. That's, I mean. I don't really usually get an answer or uh, a go ahead on what to do until it's like, all right, well, this is what we're doing. So it ain't, the game plan is usually right then when I'm about to go do some work. So we'll you. see with that one. And then I've been over 221, but it's still sitting pretty over there as per usual. Yeah. But um, that one, and then actually I got to go to next level this week. Probably not tomorrow, but Friday, I think. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. But that place is looking sweet. You know, they got an air qualifier, so they're working to get ready towards it. But they got a lot. They've been having a lot of training going on as well. So Yeah, I got to make it down there and see my buddy, old Daniel Blair. I got I to gotta, oh, gotta come down to see my buddy. He's there front and center daily. I know. I know. He is. And, he's just working them kids, isn't he? Yeah, him and JP, they're daily making it happen. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, anything else on the local motocross scene uh, from the past two months that we have maybe missed or haven't talked about? Hmm. Oh, um, you know the local, the young local young man, Asher Hall. He got that. He got that deal. Oh yeah, he got the Husqvarna ride deal. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Dan. Daniel signed them, so I thought that was pretty sweet. No, that's awesome. Is he uh is he gonna be going down there to next level to be riding a lot or 
Um, I think he'll go some. Um, I don't think they're gonna like full flex because you know he still goes to school. So right. I think that you know he still plays. He goes to school, plays football, sports. Um, you know that, that's the cool thing. That's what I like about Daniel. You know he, he he like a lot of these kids. You know a lot of a lot of parents they they have them go full fledged into it. Which I mean, if that's what they want to do, I'm not judging them by, for it by any means, but. You know, he he, a lot like these kids. He he wants them to be a kid still. You know, he wants them to still have fun and you know still be social, interactive. I mean, that's that's a good thing about him. And and I think the good thing about that is, especially with a lot of the kids he signs, he sees the he sees the upside in the future and the potential of it. He knows these kids can actually the ones he's getting can go to the next level. And you know, you know just well as I do. In order to go to the next level, you know, you gotta, especially this day and time, you, you gotta have that that persona, like that that what what can I call it, that image, be able to talk. You know what I mean? Right. Have social interactions well, and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Be a people person. Right. So the best. I mean, honestly, you know, going to school, being around other kids your age, and you know, being interactive, like that's that's the best thing for it. You know. So I think. I, I think it's definitely going to um, be good for them in the, uh, in the long run. So, yeah. But I'm pretty sure when summer hits, he'll, he'll be down there probably pretty heavily. Well, and then just speaking on that, right, like we're getting to hear a lot about um, these racers a lot more. There's a lot more media out there that can talk to these top elite racers in, you know, Monster Energy, AMA Supercross, or uh, even Arena Cross, right? Like some of these guys, you know, they went all the way through public school and – they didn't, you know, start uh, making it a career or, you know, actually start pushing for it until they were like 14 or 15. And then you got some of them that, did, you know, was a late blossom that they're even later than that, that they come in. There's some kids that are younger. There's kids that go to go all the way through school. There's kids that are homeschooled. There's kids that play other sports like there really is no recipe. This is what I'm getting at. I guess there's really no full on recipe of making it or not making it if that makes sense oh yeah a hundred percent you know it's i think it's, everybody's path is different you know like cooper he went all the way up to almost his senior year and uh then he you know finished out homeschool and uh like i said it, it's different ways you know but, but like i said that's that's what i like about daniel he ain't really Force him. He sees the he sees the upside, and he wants him to be a kid. And also, he's he's for him not just staying there training. He wants him to go to race. Like he took a big group to uh, a big arena cross race, I think in Oklahoma, something here recently, like this past weekend. Yeah, and he also did one that there was a there was a barn. Uh, Burkeen put a video up of it, and I think I saw a couple of posts about it. But it was in that horse arena, and I think Bitterman took the took the win in it, but. You oh, know, barnyard! Yeah, barnyard. barnyard! Yeah, yeah. Took a bunch of his kids up there to race that. I saw that he posted that on Twitter. So, um, yeah, it's good to go and get those kids just different racing um, into some different racing uh, tracks or types, right? Like arena cross or a small little supercross track for them to practice on. You know, like a amateur supercross track. Let me put it that way. And then you got mm -hmm. you know take them to some big races or local races, right? So. Um, I feel like he's 
he's got it going down pat, and I think that's the best way to go and not not ruin a kid and the parents like all the way through. Not saying not not calling anybody out or judging anybody, right? But like you don't you're gonna spend a lot of time with these kids and the parents, and you don't want it to just be work, 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 work all the time, right? You wanna at least let the kids and the parents have a little bit of relaxation time and kind of, you know, come back to reality a little bit. You don't want to just keep them in that bubble. Cause sometimes, you know, like we know when it's not fun anymore, that's when it starts going sideways. Right. So you got to keep, you got to try and keep it fun and try and get them to do uh, different things as well. Let them be creative or, you know, let them, you know, go outside and play some other sports or, um, you know, whatever the case may be, right? Like don't stray them too far away from everything just to have them in the sport, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. Like, you hit the nail on the head. Like, I got to say, I, I really, I like how you put that. I honestly do because it, it makes a lot of sense, you know. I mean, you know, it's it's some, some riders out there, you know, like, say Villapoto fans is like, I've I, I seen that one documentary. He was like, you know, they, they grinded and grinded and grinded. Like, it ain't something he really wanted to do. It's just something he just so happened to be good at and kind of stuck with it and short of, set a short-term goal, did it, and got out of it, you know? Yep. So, I mean, everybody's path is different. It's exactly. just, you just got to find that way. That's right. You got to find your own path and just create it, man, you know? So, but, yeah, make sure you guys go and check out the local – series races happening around your surrounding area support the local scene support those that support the sport like some of the sponsors that we have here on the imperative mx podcast and um yeah heavy d is that is is that it i want to make sure i don't miss anything we've had two months off so i want to make sure that we don't we don't miss anything too spectacular that um has come out or need people to know oh um, uh, no, nah, dude, I think we got, I mean, we may, but it's like I said, like you said, we'll get back in the routine. Yeah, yep. <laughs> hey, We're going to get back in the routine. There's going to be plenty of mistakes on my fault. I have not, you know, announced or talked in a microphone in like two months. So I got to get back on, back on my grind, but Hey, uh, we're making, we're starting right here. Heavy D the January 17th. And we're going to go all the way through. You're going to be in studio. I, we also have some, uh, awesome plans coming up once, you know, everything starts getting settled in and we have a lot of things coming to imperative MX. So make sure you guys stay on the lookout and appreciate you guys still listening here on the imperative MX podcast. Heavy D you want to get into some, uh, professional talk. You want to, you want to talk about some supercross? You want to talk about some arena cross? Do I do? I? Oh my goodness. The carnage that has been going on, like, we're only two rounds in, and it's been crazy. You think we, like, at round 13 right now, the way stuff's been happening. Right. So, on that note, let's go ahead and get our writer over at ImperativeMX.com, Trey Steyer, here online. Dirt Industries custom graphics for over 10 years. They've designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. Their high-quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. Professionals and weekend warriors alike utilize the awesome graphics and decals. The highly acclaimed design team is well-equipped to help 
Their customers get the look they want in a short amount of time. The design team provides itself on creative collaboration. They offer superior quality decals and top-notch designs at an affordable price for any budget. Use code IMPERATIVEMX, all caps, no space, for 15% off code to save money on your next Dirt Industries custom graphics purchase. Helmet wraps, banners, license plates, and bunch more. So make sure to go and check out the awesome people over there at Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. And would like to thank them for bringing on our guest for the night. Our writer over at ImperativeMX.com. On the professional side is Trey Steyer from West Virginia University. How you doing, Trey? Doing great. Thank you for having me once again. Not a problem, man. And uh, we had to get you back on uh, because right now, obviously, we're in the professional side getting ready to talk about it. And I tell you what, the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship has been absolutely unbelievable like heavy d said before we brought you in trey it feels like a couple of rounds have already gone past with the amount of action that's uh already happened uh but the first question i have for you have we learned anything in these two rounds uh from the monster energy ama supercross championship have we really learned anything it's hard to tell so far because we had of course a1 usually every year is the major hype around it Things sometimes can happen that don't usually happen in other rounds. Then we just had a complete mud fest the other night at San Francisco. So I'm not 100% sure we've learned anything. I mean, I guess one thing we can take away from it is, as per usual in Supercross, expect the unexpected. You're right. But as far as championship contenders, I mean, I think there are a few guys that are trying to separate themselves from the pack, but we haven't really had a concrete normal round to be able to say this guy's the favorite or these guys are separated from the pack 100% yet. Right, and I completely agree with you. There's uh, good and bad from some of these guys um, already, right? So, um, like obviously, Jet was not very good in the mud, so I'm sure probably going into the next mud race, if we have another one either this weekend or whenever, we'll definitely be thinking about uh, San Francisco 2024 Supercross. Uh, and just a performance there, but uh, a lot of hype and a lot of, or a, not a lot of hype, but a lot of talk about his bike setup could have been the issue. Um, but regardless of the fact, uh, Chase Sexton is now the red plate holder and was talking about before coming into San Francisco that they got the bike uh, dialed in and all of that. And we'll really just have to see in San Diego if uh, the bike is uh you know ready to go for him to uh contend really for this for this championship with Jet and Tomac and a lot of these other guys and you've been doing a lot of the articles on the website if not all of them for the uh for the season so far what has caught your eye so far um in your opinion that um really needs to be ta uh, talked about I think 450 class, one thing has been the mixed bag so far. You have guys that have been up front both rounds, but you've also had guys, you know, there was a lot of Malcolm Stewart uh, flying at the test track hype this offseason, and his best finish so far has been 11th. I know he's had a lot of bad luck, but you have guys that have been up front, but you've also had really good guys that have had mixed bags. You know, if you would have asked somebody, if Malcolm Stewart or Derek Drake would have been higher in points, I think, before A1, I feel like 99% of the people would have said Malcolm, but it's been that 
type of season so far. Uh, Dylan Ferrandis has been very surprising in a good way. Um, a lot of people were kind of skeptical about that move to Phoenix Racing, but it's paid off so far. Of course, up front, you know, you have Jet, you have Chase, you have Eli. Is he back? Is he fixed? Uh, I don't think we still know that. Ken Roxon might be the fastest guy in the class right now, but between the crash at A1 and the getting stuck and not being able to see right off the start at uh, San Francisco, it's hard to tell if if he's the top guy yet or not. There's been so many variables and unknowns, I feel like. And on the 250 side, I think the I think the big talking point right now is you kind of have, of course, the veterans. You have RJ and Jordan Smith out front, but you also have Kitchen, who's what is this, his third full season of Supercross, and he's kind of hanging right with those guys. So it'll be interesting to see if those guys continue to break away, and not to mention the uh, original title favorite, I feel, from the 250 West class. Joe Shimoda has uh, a fourth and a 22nd so far. Right. And, yeah, well, even with Kitchen, my thing was after San Francisco was like, hey, man, does he really have this consistency that's been lacking these last couple of years? Do you Do you feel like Kitchen is – starting to become more uh, confident and and maybe that's what's uh, helping him um, you know be closer to that box each time I know it's only two rounds in but moving forward is kitchen gonna be inside that top three on the box and no more of those tenth places just I we don't know what happens and then the next weekend he could come out and be on the box are we seeing a more consistent kitchen this year I think the key to it, as it was before, is still the starts. You know, so far, two rounds, he's had two pretty good starts and he's got on the box. But the question is, and this was a question, you know, like Eli Tomac a few years back when he was still on Kawasaki, some nights he'd start right up front and blow everybody away. Some nights he'd start 12th and finish ninth. It's kind of been the same thing, although at a less extreme level for Kitchen. But the main question has been, can he get starts consistently? So far, he has. I mean, I think riding-wise, speed-wise, he's been comfortable for the last few years that he's been pro. Uh, 22, he didn't really get to show much indoors because he got hurt right away. But, you know, last year you could tell he wasn't quite on Jet's level or even probably on RJ's level, but you could see the flashes of speed. And I think this year he might put it together a little bit more, but there's still – that part of me that thinks, you know, if he has a bad start one night, I think he'll be able to move through the pack better than he has in the past because he has more experience now. And I feel like he's really gelling with the Kawasaki so far. But at the same time, you know, it could get him into a mental state where he starts to panic and starts to think that, you know, he has to do more than he should to try to get up front. And it's a little hard to tell right now. I mean, both classes in general are completely wide open after two races. The Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 32, speaking with the writer over at ImperativeMX.com, Trey Steyer. Heavy D? Yeah, I mean, I... Oh, my bad. I agree. Like, the thing with pitching, me personally, um... Dude, he's he's fast. It's just like he's to me. He's an out front fast guy. It's like if he gets out front, and that's a, that's a lot of guys. But he's he's more dangerous out front than he is coming from behind. You got some guys like Hampshire, like 
I don't, I don't know if it's just because it's his time or what, but like right now, I feel like even if he didn't get out front, if he got a four play start, he could track most of those guys down if need be. I, mean, I understand that. I think you have a, a good point there because with the Lawrence brothers leaving the 250 class, there was kind of a big void to fill. I mean, obviously, yeah. Deegan stepped up at the end of last year and Shimoda did too, but a lot of those guys, I mean, there are several guys who have wins, but there isn't many guys in that class that have showed that they can run up front and be the first place guy consistently. And I feel like that's been a thing with Kitchen and, like you said, a bunch of other people as well. You know, coming from behind and being out front are two completely different things. I mean, just from my experience being at High Point last year, which was the only round I got to go to, but Kitchen Store, I think it was first moto. I'm pretty sure he went down and had his visor off and like he charged back to 12th. But, you know, when you start in the back, you, you drastically decrease your chances of winning. And with those guys, you know, somebody gets out front, you get RJ out front when he's confident and he's gone pretty much. And I mean, obviously it was a mutter the other night, but I feel like Jordan could have that speed. You saw what he did at the uh, LA SMX round last year when he got out front. He just kind of blew by some of those people. So the thing is, what guys are going to be able to charge through the field if they get a bad start and what guys are going to kind of get better starts but rise to the occasion and maybe hold off some of that pressure because it's pretty wide open in that class, especially with the, what is it, last several championships that are completely gone out of the class now. Exactly, you know. And I agree with a Jordan take. The thing is, he's, he can be dangerous, at, you know, from, like chasing as well. It's just, I think it's just been the consistency with him in the past. And I think that's what they're working on with him being consistent. And I think RJ the same. He, he, you know, it's just been small. His weren't rare. It was just here, very seldom, seldom like hearing their mistakes, you know. And, Joe, like Shimoda, it, it's funny for him. I feel like he thrives more behind than he does out front. I feel like he would rather be behind chasing rather than being out front and having that pressure on him. I feel like he 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 thrives off of chasing somebody and hopefully waiting till late in the race they make a mistake and it's just like a a, a win for him because he has moments when. He he's like on. Usually when he's on, he's hard to hard to deal with. But I feel like he thrives more from behind if he's like up there and that if he's in a good position to begin with, if you know that kind of makes sense. One of the biggest things that I've heard a bunch, whether it's on social media or whatever from people, is that if he started a series the way he's been able to finish, I mean you look at outdoors the last couple of years, super motocross. The way he's finished the season really strong, he's never really had a good start to a season. He's been kind of a fourth to fifth place guy. I mean, last season it was a little bit harder because he was coming back from injury. But he's right. been just kind of, a, you know, a top five guy at the very start of the series compared to at the end of the year when he's winning motors left and right. And that's been one thing that holds him back as far as RJ and Jordan go. Yeah, I think the consistency is really key with him. You know, in NASCAR, there's a phrase that I think could describe those guys in the past few years, and that would be checkers or wreckers. You know, 
if yep. they stayed off the ground, they would be on the podium or up front. But there was times where those guys would put on the ground, tip over, just little things, and those little mistakes would add up and take them out of contention. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. It's just – it's funny because it's like, you know, Joe does start the season. He don't start out good, but, it, you know, it kind of reminds me, and Zach may think – if Zach thinks of he probably agree. It reminds me a lot of Martin Davalos. Like, better off not being in contention, but does fine when it's like no pressure on. He can he can do more than enough to like actually get that ride or keep a good ride. And Joe, he's got the speed and the talent to win championships, a hundred percent, hands down. It's just like here recently he hasn't started good, but he always finishes strong, like you said. Yeah, and Joe and Joe's such a good guy, right? And it's almost kind of hard to like harp on him and stuff. But man, it's it's hard to with the with the results and and the you know the past that that he has. And just like Trey said, he's so good at the end of the season. And if he could reverse that and you know take those fifths or those fourths or whatever at the end of the season and make those wins at the beginning, man, he really would be a uh, you know a person that we would really look for in this championship and he would, you know, be in the fight. But obviously the, the issue that he had at San Francisco is just a bummer. And, you know, there's so many guys right now that are just not having a good time. You speak of Nate Thrasher, uh, Jordan Smith's teammate. He is not having a good time. You think of Malcolm, he is not having a good time. And there's other riders as well. Like, I mean, this weekend there were riders that should have been in the main event or close to the main event that didn't even get a chance to ride the night show. So um, it's just it's just wild to see. And, I mean, just this weekend, just going off the mutter and what I have heard and listened, man, I don't, I don't know if they're going to go back to that one just with what they had to do to make sure the streets were clean, the, the long drive or ride back to the uh, – back to the pits and man that was just unbelievable and it just never stopped raining and me and trey actually talked about this the other day trey you can comment on it if you like but man that's one of the worst mud races supercross wise i've seen in a while as far as not being able to jump anything and you know just not really able to get around the track at least in metlife last year they were at least able to jump some jumps and get around the track but this one, man, it was it was struggle. There there was not as many DNFs, I think, of what I was originally thinking going in, but this one was pretty bad. This one was a pretty bad right. one. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, for as far as San Francisco goes, I mean, sometimes Feld will take a track off the schedule or a stadium off the schedule, I should say. Then it'll be back in a few years. But like you said, you know, maybe there's a reason that. Uh, Oracle Park has been off the schedule for a while. And they did in the past, they went to Levi Stadium, which is the uh, 49ers stadium in Santa Clara. Right. Which, I mean, I don't, I don't know much California geography, but I'm pretty sure it's not right on the water like the other, the baseball stadium is. Yeah. So that could be a better option. But yeah, in terms of letters, like uh, we were talking the other night, I said San Diego 2019 was probably the last one that was bad. That was, of course, the uh, the lime race where they threw the lime on the track and a bunch of the guys got, got burned from it and the equipment got torn up. 
Um, Seattle 2018 was another one that I don't remember them jumping on jumps. I feel like it was just rolling. I remember vividly, like from the Seattle race a few years back, Chad Reed pushing his bike across the finish line jump because it, it had gone, it had blown up. So it was, it was a really difficult race. But like you said, too, there was not many DNFs. 450-wise, there was no DNFs. Then again, there was several guys out in the 250 race, and it was weird because usually you would think privateer teams and the smaller operations would be more susceptible to DNFs in a mud race. But you look at the DNF list, and like three out of the four guys were factory that DNFed in the 250 class. Well, and also, too, uh, I talked to uh, Joseph Krimko, who is um, Kate Clayson's mechanic, and he said, man, it was just, you know, you have to go to the LCQ. You don't really have much time to wash the bike, bring it all the way back to the truck, drain oil, do all of this, do all of that. So, you know, Cade's having to go back to the truck, grab this stuff, bring it back. So after it's washed, they're able to, you know, do this and do that. And he was saying, man, at the end of the night that he was just, you know, there was a, not much work that was done to those bikes uh, in between those time frames for them to, um, you know, get out there on the track. But those bikes were able to make it. And I knew one of the things going in was going to be cl clutch usage, right? Like trying to stay off the clutch as much as you can. And it is difficult. It is very, very difficult. And um, I, I would say almost like those guys, yes, they're going at a snail's pace, but think about the core and the leg strength and just the mental focus you have to have to just not go down or just to even have a mistake. So I bet you that that was actually probably mentally draining for those guys just trying to get around that track, even if they were, you know, didn't even get out of second gear. Um, but Trey, what uh, you've been doing a bunch of the 250 unsung heroes, which are the privateers that make these main events or just outside of the main events. And you've been doing that on the website now, and it's a new series. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that, and you just sent me one today that will get posted in the morning, but uh, speak about the Young Sun Heroes, why you decided to do those, and um, who is maybe some of the riders that you've now had for two weeks in a row to write about, uh, maybe some of those riders that have stood out these last two rounds. Well, for me, the Unsung Heroes started on my own personal website last year before I got on with imperative it started i wrote a, a recap article after high point and i was i just got the idea in my head that you know privateers don't get as much coverage as i mentioned as the on the first one on the site you know for people who are unfamiliar there's 200 articles about jet lawrence there's 200 articles about hayden deegan we need to give some guys because i know there's people out there who want to know how you know, Josh Varese did. There's people who want to know how Cade Clayson did. And I really started the series to kind of shine a light on those privateers. And I've been running it since last June. I've been able to interview several guys. I have at least two people on the Unsung Heroes in the 250 class this week. Of course, I have my 451 too. But, you know, for that, I really just want to spotlight the little guys because without the privateers without the guys who are showing up to the track in a van or with a camper without that, our sport would pretty much be nothing. 
you know, you look at the entry list during the summer. Yeah, there might have been 10 to 15 factory guys depending on a class, but there was like 60 or 70 privateers on that list too. You can't fill a 40 rider date with 10 factory guys. And there are always guys who are working and grinding, whether they're out in California and Florida, wherever they're from. I got the chance to interview Deegan Hep this week. He just made his first career main event, Iowa kid. And, you know, for that guy, that was huge. He said that's the greatest night of his life, right. the greatest accomplishment of his career so far, making the main event. He said it was only a sixth pro supercross, and he's in the main event. You know, you see these guys put everything into this, and I believe they deserve a better spotlight. I mean, as far as guys that have been on the series frequently, there's there's some guys that I expected, you know, March Banks, Bill, Mitchell Oldenburg, Carson Mumford, and on the 450 side, Dylan Ferrandez, Derek Drake, guys like that, you know, you would probably expect them to be on the list. But there's been some other guys turning heads. Uh, I mean, Hunter Yeager was solid last year, but he's been even better than that so far this year. You have guys that uh, TJ Albright won the LCQ at Anaheim, and he was kind of a bit of a surprise to me. You had guys like Deegan Happ and Freehill that took advantage of the mud and maybe a little bit more of an even playing field. I mean, Ty Freehill was six seconds faster than the entire field at one point in the LCQ. <laughs> it was insane. I was watching live timing during that race, and I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, there's other guys, too. There's guys that are right there. Um, the kid from TPJ, Kyle Wise, in the 250 class, he was like one spot out of it this week, and he was only a few spots out of it. And I mean, you see these people, you know, scratching and clawing to try to get on that gate. And it's those kind of stories that I feel like people can gravitate toward because, you know, everybody's going to have their favorite factory guy, whether somebody's a Tomac fan or a Roxon fan or a Webb fan or whoever. But there's also everybody loves underdog stories, yep. whether it's in football, any kind of sport. Everybody loves underdog stories. And these guys are working just as hard, maybe even harder, depending on if the guy has a job or not than the factory guys. And they deserve the love and the support of us as well. No, that's awesome. And, yeah, you've been doing an awesome job. And a lot of the privateers have uh, have really enjoyed it and appreciated that we're bringing some spotlight uh, on them. Of course, the Imperative MX podcast episode number 32, speaking with our writer over at ImperativeMX.com, Trey Steyer, Heavy D. Yeah, dude, I know like when TJ Albright won, I was pumped on that because, man, he is – I know it's the LCQ, but I mean, honestly, it's like you got TV time, you work hard to like get there and you want to make the main and like him to go win the LCQ is pretty sick, dude, because he, he's grinded and grinded and grinded and a bunch of those guys have, you know, and, and like you said, dude, without, without these privateer guys, the races wouldn't be what they are because I, I mean, nobody's going to come to see 10 factors, 10 factory dudes. When they come to Supercross, they come to Supercross to see 22 dudes on the gate. When they go to outdoors, they go to see 40 go at it in the, you know, outside. That's just how it is. I mean, that's what makes, you know, Supercross and Motocross what it is. You know what I mean? So, no, I, I agree with you. And I like that you, you know, shine a, sm a spotlight on these smaller guys. I mean, they, they really do deserve it because, I mean, the work they have to go through and the work they put in, just to be able to like make those races and the money they spend is unreal. Like, I mean, 
they don't really get the credit that they deserve by any means in my book, you know. So I think it's sweet that you do that. I appreciate that. And I mean, that's when I started going to the races, which, you know, I've only been to high points, so I can't say that I've been to a ton of races. But when I started going to races, that was the era when, you know, you had to have a ticket to meet James Stewart. You had to be at the truck at this certain time to meet Ryan Dungey. That was kind of uh, more exclusive. I feel like nowadays they've done a better job, you know, a little bit more access to like factory guys. But at that time, you know, I was 11 when I went to my first race, but the lines were already full with the factory trucks. So, you know, I went around in the pits. I met Freddie Norton when he was still pitting out of a van. I met all these privateer guys. And, you know, from a young age, I was seeing the sacrifices those guys were making. And, you know, whether they were in a semi, whether they were in a camper, whether they were in the back of a Toyota Tacoma like Alex Nagy was. I mean, these guys, you know, they are in it. They love the sport just as much or more than the big factory guys. And, you know, put a spotlight on them. Like you said, with Albright and the LCQ, the LCQ are probably pound for pound the most entertaining race of the night. You know, you have so many hungry privateer guys that are trying to get that main event trying to get tv time you you get 22 guys for four spots and of course extra money online for getting in the night show and pride and chaos results and you get to see how hungry those guys are and i think it's a joy to see because those guys are part of the entertainment that we love so much yeah and you know those guys almost get more excited if not more excited when they make a main event out of the lcq or out of the heat whatever the case may be um to get into that main event right like those guys are absolutely stoked like they won and you know they actually won the main event but they're just in the night show and you got to think of like we you know like both of you said the sacrifice and um everything that goes on with it from pb and j's to gas station showers to whatever you know, whatever they have, they're doing it for the love of the sport and they're part of the entertainment for sure. Um, before we um, uh, before we let you go, Trey, uh, you've been also catching up with the AMA Arena Cross season. We'll have round number six uh, this weekend in Oklahoma. Talk to us about a little bit about the Arena Cross series, what you've been seeing and what we can expect with the uh, rounds moving forward. Uh, I think the Arena Cross Series has been really fun this year. Um, last year, you know, is the first time I'd watched it in a long time. Of course, you know, the original, the Amsoil Series that everybody watched with guys like Bowers and Jacob Hayes and Kyle Regal, that shut down for a few years. And it was really the uh, the round in Prescott, Arizona, when Oakland got canceled last year that I really started to pay attention. And I feel like Arena Cross used that, and they've just been getting a little bit more momentum right now. We have two guys in Arena Cross, for those who aren't uh, tuning in every week, that are completely separated themselves from the pack, I feel like. Kyle Peters is going for his fifth straight title with Phoenix Racing Honda, but Ryan Brees is right there. If it wasn't for a couple things of bad luck, Brees would be right there. He's 21 points down as of now, but uh, if it wasn't for a flat tire one of the races and then a bad start and a crash and another, Brees would probably be there or maybe even ahead of Peters. And the other guys, too, there's a bunch of guys, you know, Kyle Bitterman, Isaiah Clark, Chandler Baker, 
Crockett Myers has been very entertaining to watch with his uh, interviews and his energy that he brings. Cody Groves was talking about how he was playing Limp Biscuit in his head for motivation. I mean, there has awesome. been a ton of. <laughs> I remember. There have that, been a dude. ton of awesome. entertaining. There have been a ton of entertaining stories so far in Ernie Cross, and I feel like you know we talk about the privateers and you know, the Supercross side of thing, Arena Cross is kind of like that as well, except there's no factory guys there. It's, you know, 12 guys, obviously more trying to qualify, but you get 12 guys in a main event, and, you know, these guys are getting TV time. It's on Mav TV for people who are interested in watching, and this week and next week, uh, Guthrie, Oklahoma, it's the bigger arena, so it's going to be more Supercross style probably. Yep. Than usual, I believe I remember last year was one of the uh, Hicks versus Peters rounds when they raced there, and it was kind of like a 40-second track instead of the usual 20-second, we have a rhythm lane, we have a whoop lane, and not much else thing. So this these next two weekends will probably be a little different if you're wanting to watch the series for the first time, but, you know, it's a lot of privateer guys hardworking some guys are you know working actual jobs and these guys are also in it for the love of the sport but they get their chance to shine and i think it's great that arena cross is starting to build a little more momentum to get a little more hype around it because i remember you know when the amsoil series was on tv and seeing guys like the level of talent bowers chris blose was over there matt gurkey canary guys that were probably top 10, top 15 level guys in Supercross, if not better than that sometimes. And they were coming over and racing. And I think, you know, if this sport or if Arena Cross continues to grow a little more, we'll be able to see more teams. We'll be able to see more support to get some more guys over there and continue to grow the competition. And, you know, if people have time on Friday nights the rest of the season, I think they should check it out. Because it's it is entertaining action. Not only just the Peters and Bree stuff, but there is a lot of racing. Yep. There is a lot of action packed into a three hour window. You have it's a lot more split down than Supercross. You have four heat races. You have semis before the LCQ. You have a couple LCQs. There's a one versus one race. Well, usually this year they've been doing a 1v1 plus one is what they call it. And it's just like a little three-lap dash for cash, winner takes all. They have multiple LCQs. They have a B main. They have a race for the guys who don't even get to make the main event, but there's still, you know, a handful of points on the line, and those guys can go out there and try to at least salvage something from the night. There's a lot of entertaining racing, and there are a lot of fun characters to watch in that series. And, it's great to see that they are starting to gain momentum and build back toward what Arena Cross was, say, eight, ten years ago. Yeah, and I was right there in the thick of all of it eight and ten years ago. I mean, I got to watch Justin Cooper grow up in the amateur uh, classes uh, on his 85, on his Yamaha 85 back in the day. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys that you probably forgot about, not you, Trey, but just the listeners, you know, Jordan Smith came from, uh, the Arena Cross Series. Aaron Plessinger did a couple of rounds back when it was the RC Cup or the uh, Ricky Carmichael rode the Supercross, right? There were a lot of these guys. Austin Fortner came out and... Uh, RJ. And, yeah, RJ. There was a lot of these guys that we're watching right now that actually went through the Arena Cross Series and there's still guys 
that come back and do a couple of rounds of arena cross that are doing supercross now. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a great series. The people that put it on are absolutely phenomenal people. I was able to go to the Salem, Virginia one last year and they were, um, awesome people. They've been around, um, the series even when it was the amp, uh, the Amsoil arena cross, uh, championship back in the day so i think that they are definitely on a right direction uh daytona is going to be coming up here pretty soon and i believe that that is the friday before the supercross so i think uh we'll have a handful of privateers that will come out for that to race that night and then next day go and do some supercross and of course they're gonna have their finale in las vegas and um that's awesome i've i've been to the mgm grand to race that thing for you know, my own championship title hopes a uh, long time ago, long time ago. So it's cool for them to go back to the iconic places that they've been to before. And um, Heavy D, is there anything else for Trey before we let him go on the night? Uh, oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I think especially with the arena cross right now, you know, before they took it away several years back when Hayes won the very last, you know, uh, failed arena cross, it's crazy because I felt like a, they took it away because everybody started to vert, go to a rent across route. Even though it was the road to Supercross, a lot of them started to go that route because it was one. Dude, it, those rent across races, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, they were packed. Oh, yeah. Like, with riders, with fans, like, I felt like they took it away because it started to get bigger. I felt like they thought it was going to get bigger than Supercross. Because personally, in my opinion, it was headed that way. I mean, that's just me. Look now, like, Ryan Brees is pretty well known as Supercross, and he's over here racing Arena Cross. Yeah, and he's going to be doing uh, the remaining rounds of it. And the weekends that they have off, he'll do some East Coast Supercrosses. But from what uh, he said on the Pulp of show, uh, this past Monday was that, yeah, he's planning on doing the whole thing. Rock River's going to let him do the whole thing and do some Supercross rounds in between. So uh, he's only 20 points down, but he's going to try to uh, catch KP. That's what I'm saying. Like, him, like, look, look at Crockett. Crockett's entertaining. Like, what what I like about it, here's what I like about it. And I think what a lot of people are going to like about it as it grows and gets bigger they let those guys be themselves. Like, that's literally how Crockett is. Right. He is literally straight up like, Texas is hell. I mean, as Texas as it gets. Did you watch the <laughs> so, interview that, that um, Trey was talking about earlier with Cody Groves, uh, Limp Biscuit in his head? Please tell me you saw that. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, my God. That's how he is, too. Yes. He yep. is. He is. That's just he, how he is to the core. <laughs> I get Snapchats from uh, Dawson Cobb on the, uh, you know, every now and again of just Cody doing some dumb shit, man. He's just they're Dude, hilarious. That's how he is, man. And they let them like it ain't like Supercross where they make them kind of sugarcoated. Like they let them be themselves, like with Taco and all them. That's just. Yeah. I mean, that's how it is. And I, honestly, I feel like that's how it should be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't have to be, uh, uh, like a a toned down animated version of everybody else. Like, let them be themselves, man, and it makes it interesting. Absolutely, it's one of the best things to watch. Uh, you know, going into the weekend is Friday night arena cross. So make sure you guys 
go and check out Mav TV, or they have the Arena Cross All Access app uh, that you can watch the races from live uh, going on that day. So make sure you guys are on the lookout. And Trey, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast, talking the professional side with us and catching up with everybody. It's been two months uh, since we've uh, done a podcast, but we're on the right track and uh, we're in a good area. And uh, man, we've uh, been trying to grind out as much as we can on the website. And I appreciate all your help and uh, all of the writing and articles that you do. Um, but thanks a lot for coming on to the podcast tonight and I'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me once again. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Trey. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya later. See. And that was Trey Steyer, 20 year old from West Virginia university. Heavy D, he's been doing a bunch of the professional side articles up on the website and has been doing a phenomenal job uh, at it, keeping, making sure that all of the people that head to the website or check out the social medias know what is going on from the morning after to the unsung heroes to uh, he did a full-on article of all of the riders that had ridden for JGR back in the day. So. He's a very good writer, and he obviously knows his stuff, Heavy D. Oh, yeah, 100%, man. He's he's dedicated to it. You can tell he loves it. Like, he's he does his research. He watches the races, and, man, I'm. it's pretty cool that he, like, he stays up on it and is, has that much passion about it. That, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and, um, and, you know, no offense to him, right, but, for him to not have been to very many races, right? Like his understanding of the sport is phenomenal. Like him understanding and um, catching on to the sport as fast as he has, has honestly kind of blown me away a couple of times. There's some of the things he says. It's like, man, it sounds like, you know, he's known this sport for 20 years, you know? So it's uh, awesome to have him a part of the imperativemx.com family of course and before we go total control racing suspension chad newton you guys know him from burlington north carolina he owned an arena cross team for 10 plus years he knows his stuff throughout the years he's helped luke niece mike mcday tyler bright josh thomas kyle peters jacob hayes jim chester and many other local legends have trusted chad with their suspension in ama motocross supercross arena cross and of course at the local races Thanks to Chad and Total Control for coming on board here in 2023 and 2024. Keeping it really local with Total Control, TotalControlSuspension.com. From professional to amateur, Total Control Racing has you covered. Go and get your suspension tuned up, get your oil changed, and your oil seals replaced to be comfortable on the bike. Contact Chad Newton over at Total Control Racing Suspension to help you get that comfort you are looking for. PR Motorsports is your newest trackside support trailer at the local races. They ensure you riders get on the gate and continue racing each weekend. If you guys need anything, find their trailer at the races from tires to engine fixes, whatever it is. PR Motorsports is your trackside support rig for the surrounding area and states. Find them on social media. And thanks to Charlie and Justin for all of their help with everyone at the local motocross races here at our local scene. And well, that's it, Heavy D. 
That's it for episode number 32 here on the Imperative MX podcast, where we spoke about amateur local motocross racing here in the Southeast for 2024 with new tracks, series schedules, uh, or series schedule changes, and much more. Then we spoke with a call, or we had a call in with Trey Steyer about the 2024 Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship start and what we have learned through two rounds and, of course, so much more here on this episode number 32 the return of the mx or the imperative mx podcast man it's been a while since i've done this man it's a <laughs> lot of tongue twisters here uh but big thanks again to the companies who make this possible west virginia motorsports dirt industries custom graphics silver valley mx park that's one i forgot heavy d tell us a little bit about silver valley before the listeners hang up on us the gnarliest the best, the sickest, the wildest, only local national. October 19th, 2024. Get your asses to the local national at Silver Valley <laughs> MX Park. It is going to be an absolutely great weekend, Heavy D. We've gone two week, or two years in a row to the race, and man, it's it, we don't call it the local national for nothing. It's unbelievable. Right. The man, Jacob Hayes. Put on for the Carolinas this past year. Hey, we're going to have to see who grabs the title here in 2024. And thanks to you guys, the listeners, this week here on the Imperative MX Podcast. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, and all of our other social media platforms uh, to listen to past episodes and to check out all of the things that we post up on there for your needs check out imperativemx.com when you can and post in the forums there's a forum on the website make sure you guys go and check that out from myself zach newberry and co-host heavy day we're out see you next week peace later